with it. Whatever. Cool. I'll deal with the peaks. Hey, let's live with it. Hey, you ready? <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome to Snackdown. I'm Justin, and this is... Andy. Andy. And uh, this is the first episode, I think, where I'm the more tired one, as I just got back a few hours ago from camping in the Adirondacks and hiking. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to um, be low energy. exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> low, low energy, energy Justin today. So before I forget, the drive home, it was a little depressing because I saw two dead porcupines, a dead turtle, and I hit a bird. So... <laughs> uh, what was the bird situation like? It was like two daredevil birds flew and then one broke um, off from one and the other one they were in like stayed a, dog a little fight. bit too long. Yeah. Uh, and it was like a narrow road and another car was coming. So there was no like, it was just like, <laughs> and like that was depressing. Anyways, so I saw a shop called The Hair House. <laughs> H-A-R-E? It, no, H-A-I-R. Uh. Hair House. And it was like a... I think it was like a barber shop, but I was like, "It's a very strange name for a barber shop." Yeah, a hair house yeah. sounds like like, sounds a, like a dark wig. web seller of hair, or <laughs> sounds or, like a wig palace. Yeah, like a wig shop. Yeah, somewhere where you sell your hair, or they like sell you hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best I can do is ten bucks for your hair. Maybe it's like it was like it was like Pawn <laughs> Stars. You know where you can like store your DNA or something like that. Yeah, maybe you like. Every haircut you get, they store it away for you for someday. Like, if you lose your hair, yeah. you have wigs of your own hair. Male pattern baldness runs in my family, yeah. so uh, I need to go to the hair house. Head down to the hair house. Uh, excuse me, I need to fund and pay my rent for my hair storage. <laughs> at that point, you just kind of hold on to your own hair. I don't think it goes bad. Yeah. But at the hair house, we guarantee conditioning. We uh, guarantee uh, temperature-controlled yeah, we'll environments. We'll keep your hair on ice. Oh, nice. That actually sounds like it wouldn't be good for it. No. <laughs> Worked for Iceman, though. You know what I mean? They're, like, mm-hmm. pulling up all these, like, people that were just on ice for a long time. And their locks are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And speaking of on ice... We have a drink! <laughs> okay, and so here's the theme for this week. So let's just kind of be wide open here. Yeah. Um, so the theme for this week is this episode is going to be released on the week of Canada Day and the 4th of July. And, you know, we're here based in the United States, but... We have got a lot of listeners in Canada, and we love our Canadian brothers and sisters. It's true. So we're going to honor them. And maybe in the podcast world, I'm saluting or some, some shit. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. We're going to... We salute you, An Canada. An internet salute. An internet salute. And uh, we, we're going to make the Canadian national drink to honor our Canadian brothers and sisters. And then we're going to make the uh, American, the United States na- yeah. uh, national drink. So, yeah. But we're going to start off with a Canadian national drink, the Caesar. Woohoo! It's like a knife in the back sort of thing. Yeah, like 60 times or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's garnished with a knife and yes. it's red because it's full of blood. No, yes. not really. <laughs> Yikes. So do you want to give it a give it a try and then we'll, yeah, we'll I, get it? Yeah, I've never it. had anything like this before, not even remotely. So All right, let's go. It looks like I'm eating, I don't know, like something that would be at the back of my fridge that I forgot about. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> and he's... There's a pickle in it, and he's, like, lifting the pickle. and like, Lift the pickle? It's like a hatchway to the drink. Ugh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all over me. <laughs> that's, been the, <laughs> that's been the theme for the past ten minutes. <laughs> well, uh, I filled them to the brim. Mm-hmm. You went and took some photos and <laughs> spilled them. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if podcasts had seasons, this would be the season of, like, spilling on a pants. Because mm-hmm. last week it was the pizza... Oh, yeah. Now it's this drink. Your I think bubble. I spilled some other things, too. So what is... There's lots going on in this drink. What is on the rim to start with? So on the rim is celery salt. Just celery salt. Yeah. I think you can either 
So what I've read is you can either use water to kind of add some liquid for the celery salt to stick to, or you can do lime juice. I just did water. Uh, there is lime juice in the drink. Um, you want to know what else is in the drink? Yeah, go for it. Worcestershire sauce, steak seasoning, I think a touch of garlic powder. Is that a lot? <clears throat> do you not like it? No, keep going. Oh, I'm going to forget what else. <laughs> Probably a little more. I know there was garlic oh, powder, right? Oh, Tabasco sauce. And Tabasco sauce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said garlic powder, yeah. So then to garnish, there's celery and pickles. And so the base the base liquid is um, Clamato juice, which is tomato juice and clam juice. Interesting. So I've never even had that without this, which is interesting. So how much alcohol is in each of these? So in each of these, it's two ounces of vodka. Well, you're... Um, <laughs> so processing. <laughs> this is similar to a bloody mary correct yes it's what similar. came first did this come out of a variation of a bloody mary or did the bloody mary like simplify this it's weird so so the bloody mary was invented in the 1920s it's credited to fernand petiot at harry's new york bar in paris <laughs> that's convoluted you talk about <laughs> well, you talk about cocktail histories harry's new york bar in paris <laughs> yeah uh, so this looks like the Caesar was uh, made its made its debut at the Polonaise nightclub in Manhattan. Hmm. So is it truly Manhattan or is it Manhattan in Paris? I don't know. But but uh, again, it's a drink made in the 1920s. It seems like that was the uh, well. So the, no, well, this one was made in 19, November 1953. Oh, 53. What was yeah. the 1920s then? 1920s was the Bloody Mary. This is the Caesar. Oh, okay. And then in 1962, it evolved. Carl Lamarca the bar manager at Baker Hotel in Dallas, invented the Imperial Clam Digger. So he added uh, a basil garnish and a dash of lime to the existing drink, which was called the Smirnoff Smiler at, at, the, at the time. <laughs> Interesting. I don't like that. No. So then the Caesar in itself was invented in 1969 by restaurant manager Walter Chell of the Calgary Inn, which is a Westin hotel. Thanks for telling me that, guys. I really don't care. It's like it's a Westin, like, Great. <laughs> Weston Inn. Great. <laughs> um, but it was in Calgary. So hmm. uh, he was he was supposed to make the you know signature cocktail at this new Italian restaurant. And so he did the vod- he did vodka, clam and tomato juice, Worcestershire sauce, other spices. <laughs> That's a bullshit section of <laughs> of ingredients. Yeah. Uh, so it was a drink of like the Bloody Mary, but uniquely spicy. So So you've had one of these before. You've talked about it several times I, in the show. I have. It's been a very long time. I would say the clam juice is very subtle right here. I think there's there's just a lot of other stuff going on. I think that if we had a Bloody Mary without it, I think you would probably be able to pick up on the clam juice. Mm-hmm. Or if we had the Clamato juice just alone, I think you'd be able to pick up on the clam. But I think this kind of balances in. I think just having too much of clam juice in a drink like this is, yeah. you know, a little weird. Plus, there's already so much going on. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> it's so different than anything we've ever had before. For one, usually, more. <laughs> usually our cocktails are either sweet or yeah. citrusy, and this is like nothing like that. I mean, we've got steak seasoning, garlic powder, yeah. and tomato juice, so it's neither citrusy nor sweet. Uh, um, wh- what are your um, What are your thoughts on like V eight in general? Like a tomato. I do not juice? like V eight juice. Interesting. And yeah, now that you say that, it does have a hint of V eight feel to it um so i also have uh i brought some chips right because we're kind of doing like a little bit of a yeah, so let's summer try one of these chips so what is this chip this is an utz crab chip i do like an utz yeah and crab chip that goes well with clam mm-hmm. yeah i thought this would kind of pair well right I'm a pretty good pair <laughs> you know pretty so, good <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong i've never had a bloody mary that's a morning thing correct 
Um, I, I would say a Bloody Mary is classically a morning thing. I think so. I cannot imagine drinking that in the morning. I, I think it's like a special, like a brunch thing. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot of people drink Caesars kind of morning, early afternoon yeah. sort of thing. I just, I can't imagine, especially with this one, waking up and wanting clam juice and steak seasoning and garlic. You know what I mean? So you're not eating your celery? I mean... You I'm, ate the pickle, right? Yeah. 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 Pickle. I'm uncomfortable that you called me out on not eating the celery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was wondering if I should. And then I looked over you and can. I'm like, well, Andy's not. You, I washed them, obviously, right? So you can. I'm kind of like a peanut butter celery guy. Got any peanut butter? Yeah. We're not going to do that. Or it's already... uh, hummus, like we had last episode. Oh, I yeah. Celery's good with hummus. Right. I already kind of like slurped on it, so yeah. probably not. Like you, you watched it. Yeah. yeah. You're probably like waiting for me to admit it. <laughs> Just like waiting for that last point, and you're like, well, take that hummus home because you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of this drink. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy drink. You know, like it's it's not like a, oh, yeah, of course. This one tastes like a creamsicle, like an orange creamsicle. Yeah. It's funny that you say easy because I, I feel like, I don't know, it's not like a task to drink it. But I feel like every time I drink it, I have to like think about what I'm drinking and finding the flavors because there's so much going on. So you're not a fan of it maybe because it's just like such a sensory thing going right now that like you can't take your well, mind I, off I, of I guess it? I'm trying to find out if it's good. Like <laughs> in my mind, like. You probably did that the first time you ever had beer, Justin. Yeah. I don't know. It does remind me of a V8 juice. Mm-hmm. The t- the tomato juice is strong. It's got a spiciness. It's got a little spice, which I like. I think this like the celery salt yeah. and the steak seasoning is just throwing it off. Yeah, it, it makes it really weird. And so, like steak seasoning, it was kind of like a Montreal. We probably could have just subbed that out with just like cracked black pepper and like salt. You know what I mean? I don't hate it though. I probably could have gone less on the celery salt, but I was just getting the. I was trying to get the damn thing to stick mm-hmm. for aesthetic purposes. Yeah, and I think as a standalone drink. Yeah. If we're like, let's go out for cocktails, I would never Not drink good. one of these. No. Like, just sitting by itself. But I can see this paired with a meal. Yeah, okay. Pretty good. I think, like, if it was paired mm. with the right meal, where you take a bite of something and then you kind of have a little bit of your Clamato, like, it could be what, pretty good. What about, like, wakey, wakey, Caesar eggs and bakey? Thoughts? I could see that if it was, like, a... <laughs> if it, if the... Like, part of a breakfast, yeah. if you were eating... Had similar ingredients. Like if you had a little bit of garlic in your omelet or something like that. It's <laughs> a very specific situation. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you're just like, uh, yeah, just, um, y'all yeah, have like scrambled eggs, blah, blah, blah. And like you order it and then you just have the Caesar and then you eat like a bit of the egg and you're like, no, send it back. They're like, send what back? You're like, the Caesar. It's like a build your own omelet. Can I have the omelet with clam, yeah. garlic, steak seasoning, yeah. celery, and tomato? <laughs> you're like, what's what's in this drink that I'm I'm ordering? And they're like, you know, then they like list it off. You're like, yeah, I just I really need to pair my food. Um, otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna start hurling. Okay, <laughs> you know, I've never really been a Bloody Mary fan either. If I'm having an alcoholic beverage at brunch time, <laughs> which isn't a common event, yeah. It's probably going to be a mimosa or a yeah. screwdriver. Yeah, those you know? make more sense to me. To me, yeah, yeah. They're a little bit sweeter. Sometimes they're served with champagne, right? The uh, mimosa is. Yeah, the mimosa is half orange juice, half champagne. Yeah. Or, so or you know, bits great. of orange juice, bits of champagne. Yeah, sounds fantastic. And then a screwdriver is just vodka and orange mm-hmm. juice. But this uh, drink, going back to summary, with like produce, this is kind of a cool drink for that. I wonder if you could make this with like fresh tomato and make your own tomato juice. Maybe. Even like a, not even like a Clamato, Clamato, but like a Bloody Mary. Like if you made your own like tomato juice kind of. I bet you could. I bet you would have to burn through a decent amount of tomatoes. You'd have to, I feel like you'd have to strain it 
you know, because you wouldn't want to just have like a tomato smoothie, you know, mm-hmm. like it's still you still want it to be tomato juice, you know. So so the celery salt on this looks like it's too much. I'm you're sorry. on the beach and you <laughs> dropped it. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's got like that wet sand. Look. Yeah, it does. It's not very appealing. <laughs> celery salt is interesting to me. So celery salt to the nose. Very celery smell. Does celery have a very distinct smell? Oh, yeah. Does it? You, you're going to take a bite sm- of this celery stalk. You're, so you're like smelling the celery stalk to compare it to the celery salt, but you forget that I dipped the celery stalk in celery salt. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that smells the same to me. <laughs> Case closed, boys. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. <laughs> you don't smell it, though? No. Celery is very bland smelling. I smell it in the celery salt, but... You're, but, smell, you're smelling a celery stalk that has both been in the Caesar for a, a, a time. I smelled the unsalted spot. That that was still just dipped in Caesar. So if, if you closed your eyes <laughs> and you smelled celery salt, you wouldn't be like, celery? No. Hmm. Interesting. But I'm not trying to shame you. Back to I'm what I was saying, saying though. <laughs> the celery salt smells like celery. Okay. But it tastes more like salt and pepper combined. Mm-hmm. I don't really taste like mm, celery. You know what I mean? Because celery doesn't have much of a... Like you were saying, it's very bland. Yeah. Notice how, so when we had uh, margaritas, I, I would kind of like take a little turn around the rim, you know, like just to get as much salt as possible. Mm-hmm. Kind of sticking to the same spot here. Yeah. Not it's a, pretty strong. I think if you're going to salt your rim with the celery salt, it needs to be a little bit less. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, it's really strong. Right. So if you, if when I sip near where the celery salt is, that's like 80% of what I'm tasting is the celery salt. Yeah. You can't wait for this drink to be done. I can't, yeah. So you, it, you, it, you, you formed your opinion on it at this point. You really yeah, have. Yeah. I didn't even get a, it's pretty good on this at all. <laughs> and you're being a gentleman. This is, you, you do not have to finish this. This is the first cocktail that I think that I've said I don't like. And, and you know what? <laughs> Let, let's just take this with a big grain of celery salt because I made this and I've never, I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they're like, oh yeah, do a little dash of this and dash of that. So yeah, a lot of ingredients are to, to taste. taste. Yeah. And if you've never made that thing before, yeah. it, who knows? Right. Yeah. So right. yeah, I could see, like I said, maybe in the right setting with the right food, I could like it, but mm-hmm. just a standalone drink. No, no, I don't like it. I'm okay with that. I can, I can't imagine this being your country's drink though. Like enough people. Whoa, easy. <laughs> I said I've never made this before. No, what I'm saying is, <laughs> holy shit. I'm not like judging people that like the drink because obviously, you know, everyone has different tastes. This is a very, very unique drink. Yeah. To put clam juice, steak seasoning, garlic, you know. So to have enough people like a drink that it becomes your country's drink, yeah. just as crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. I mean, it's cool. It's unique. You know, it's not like something bland, like just like a, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's cool that it's pretty unique. They, they like a lot of cool things up there in Canada. I feel like a lot of the food that is popular up there is pretty unique. Uh, what do you mean? Well, like take pizza, for instance. Hawaiian pizza is huge in Canada. Mm-hmm. Down here, I mean, people like Hawaiian pizza, but our standard is pretty bland pizza. You know, if you if you did a survey, most people would like pepperoni or extra cheese. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Scott told us he went to a bar and got milk punch, which is a strange drink. And I haven't seen that. I mean, I'm sure there's restaurants down here that do it, obviously. But, but mm, probably not a lot. No. So I, th- I feel like Canada's in the food and drink world. It's kind of trying new things, which is kind of cool. And I think this is an example of that. Like, hey, we all love drinking clam celery drinks. (laughs) I mean, I I like it, right? Again, 
I'd probably agree with you. I just wouldn't wouldn't order it. No. I would like to order it at least once. And if a Canadian friend offered it to me, absolutely I'd have it. So have you ever had one? Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, you've brought it up a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've I've had it before. I mean, I thought you liked it though. No, I did like it. I just I probably just added too much celery salt to the rim. Maybe there's a dash of magic in your memory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like when you like could be true. Remember, I mean, because it's, it's been a couple years, right? Yeah. It's like you only remember like when you remember the positive a, aspects of when you remember like a relationship or something. You only remember like the best parts. And yeah, and you realize yeah. it was like yeah. So that's your relationship with Clamato. Yeah. I'm like, yes, and it was a sunny day. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was okay. a sunny day. It was I was on outside. vacation. <laughs> what a great drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With good food, good friends, and people are like, you're still not telling us about the drink. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, not a bad drink. Like, I don't hate it. I just, I just, <laughs> I would never order one. It wouldn't be a go-to drink. Oh, yeah, these, these crab chips. So what is crab seasoning? Celery salt. <laughs> oh, wow. Black pepper, crushed red pepper flakes, and paprika. That's it? Yeah. Oh. So I'm going to take a, I'm going to eat a chip and then take a drink because it's got the celery salt, so it should go well, right? Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Thought, no? You don't like it? It's better. I think it's the tomato juice that I don't like. Well, how about this? How about we take a break <laughs> and then we come back and then we have the next national drink. Sounds good. Okay. See you in a little bit. See you in a bit. Hey guys, if you like what you hear every week and you're looking to support Snackdown, one of the best ways is just telling your friends. You can also send us suggestions on social media. We always like that. Another way people have supported us is by sending us snacks in the mail. The newest way you can support is going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com snackdown. And by doing that, you can get early day releases to episodes. Thanks for all your support. Thanks for listening. Back to the episode. And we're back! <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> So this whole week was determined by Andy, basically, just because I was away. It was a really easy week So I was like, figure it out, Andy. <laughs> and so 4th of July, we originally were thinking like something... Red, white, red, and white, blue. Red, white, blue, patriotic, or... but we decided not everyone's feeling patriotic at this point in time. You know, there's lots of decisions and things that people aren't agreeing with that the government's handling poorly. So we decided not to go patriotic. <laughs> but still American. But still American, yeah. We're yeah. still Americans, if you're yeah. in America. And uh, there is still a lot to be proud of. So instead of going like 4th of July patriotic, we're just sticking with an yeah. American drink. And we're in like American flag-like suspenders. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and like a hat that has like a spinny thing that's uh-huh. got a bunch of American flags on it. Yeah, Very disrespectful. Yeah. But- so uh, what's more American than just straight bourbon? bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we say it like that? We always do like the same pitch. We should figure out like what note that is. Yeah. Because we never go like, so he's never start low and then go high. <laughs> you know, can you imagine going, yeah, bourbon, bourbon, <laughs> like a roller coaster? It doesn't make sense. All right, so. <laughs> we do this, is- but it's like the same two notes, right? Yeah. Bourbon. Like, <laughs> yeah. Doo-doo. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I wonder so- what that is. Maybe there's a bird that makes that chirp. Yeah, like a mockingbird. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be funny if there was a mockingbird that lived outside a window and it just started doing like clips of it's like, our show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that? No. Welcome I to Snackdown. Just... I'm Justin and this is Andy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, Whatever. Anyways, so we've never actually done this before on the show. We've had some whiskeys before. Mm-hmm. We've never actually compared whiskeys before, like similar types. So yeah. we've had bourbon, we've had scotch, we had rye. 
But we've never taken a dive into specifically bourbon yeah. or specifically scotch. Yeah, we've so. never had more than one of a type on an episode. So this time we're going to take a deep dive into whatever bourbons I had in my apartment. <laughs> um, but they're all good, though. Yeah, so I have four different types of bourbon here, and one is not opened. One I've had for a year and have never opened, and so this seems like a good occasion for it. So What do you want to start off let's with? Let's start off with the one that's closest to you. Okay. So we're just going to start with Four Roses, which is a pretty popular bourbon, I would think. Yeah. I think so. This will be interesting for me. So I have four bourbons, and I was telling Andy, I've never actually done this either. <laughs> I've compared bourbons from day to day. Like, mm-hmm. I'll have one one night, and then the next night, I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. But I've never actually taken bourbons out and tried them back to back just to taste the difference. So this is kind of interesting. Can I tell the story? The Wegman story that pissed me off? Oh, yeah. So Andy has a Wegman story. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Yeah. I feel like we should have a jingle... For just Wegman stories, because it <laughs> comes up a lot. Like, aside from... So we haven't done story time in a while. Yeah. Um, but separate from the story time, there's just, Welcome. like, Wegmans. <laughs> Welcome to Wegmans stories. <laughs> yeah. Like that? Yeah. Okay. So That's it? Let's make, a, like, a, a nice good one. Welcome, Welcome to Wegmans, Wegmans stories. So I'm at, so at Wegmans, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the produce section. I'm, I'm picking up salary for the, uh, for the Caesar, and... This lady, I like do a double take. I'm like, you're not wearing a mask. Like, I'm thinking that in my head. And so I said something. I go, uh, hey, where's your mask? And she goes, oh, yeah, I forgot it in my car. And then she just like walked away. And I'm like, that's it? Like, that's that was your answer? And then you're gone, right? It's kind of bullshit, right? Yeah. Like, everyone, like literally everyone else in, in the store is like doing their job. And we got old super spreader pants over here, uh, just stinking up the produce section I, uh, with her death breath. <laughs> with her death breath. <laughs> I I have forgotten mine before, but I I always remember it immediately as soon as the doors open. Yeah, I have this sense. You're like, oh man. No, I have this sense like something isn't right. And I'll see all these people with masks <sighs> staring at me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the mask. And then I turn around and go get it. But yeah, I turn around and go get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go, oh, shoot. She was just like nonchalant, like, like, no, I I remembered. Like, I remembered that I forgot it, but I was already halfway from my car to the store. You know, she probably doesn't even have the mask in the car, honestly. No. That's probably the excuse she gets. She should have just done the change. Sorry, I gave it to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, sorry, I just carry a card on me. Right, so this is Four Roses. This <laughs> yeah. is this is made in uh, Kentucky, right? Yep. It's made in the Four Roses Distillery in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. So I could get out my Whiskeys of the World book, which I haven't pulled out since episode one. <laughs> oh man, please we don't need we don't need a revision of this. Okay. We're making our own book. It's called the Snack Pack the only th- Coffee Read. <laughs> the only thing that's good about that book is it tells you notes to taste. So it's a cheat book. But then, you know, if someone says, do you taste the caramel or do you taste the pepper? Sometimes when you're looking for it, you can be like, oh, okay. I got, I got some leftover pepper from the Caesar. <laughs> I taste celery salt, <laughs> tomato. Yeah. <laughs> I would say this is this has a low caramel. It, it's pretty volatile. It's a harsh kind of jump, which, I mean, so is characteristic of bourbons, mm-hmm. but this is, not a, this is not a very mellowed bourbon, in yeah. my opinion. No. So as we're going through, we should decide which one is the smoothest, like which one has the least... Mm. Afterbite, okay, because it's a good. I'm always looking for smooth bourbons. Because you're 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 a Scotch guy. Let's, yeah, let's be honest. So I'm a Scotch guy, and I like Scotch a lot of times because it's aged longer than bourbon, and so I think they're smoother. I like that. This is nice and sweet, though. It's sweet, but it's not caramelly. I don't think so. It doesn't have a, like a strong caramelized flavor to it. It almost is like just a really neutral sweetness with a little bit of oakiness and a lot of char, in my opinion. 
I don't know. It does have caramel flavors, though. So when I, think, when I think of bourbon, I think of caramel flavor. And when I think of scotch, I think of vanilla. It's very subtle. I don't really taste it a lot. I taste that corn. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so like, for this a bourbon. Is, uh, this was picked. Uh, the corn was picked in uh, a Tennessee October. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about bourbon before, but bourbon is has to be majority corn mm-hmm. to make it bourbon. 50%, right? I think it has to be 51 because I think it has to be majority. And then and then the rest is whatever you want. So do you like that. you like four roses, right? I do. Yeah, it's but it's not in my opinion it's not a smooth bourbon. And I think that's what I also look for, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. Like I've had like I like basil hayden's because it's smooth, so, right? It's mm-hmm. like on the smooth side, so. Are you just pouring it right back into the I'm not going to drink that. The water? No, I just I'm using it to clear this. Oh, I'm just drinking the the bourbon water. That's a good idea too. <laughs> yeah, I'll just drink this. The stuff that you just poured back in. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's move on to the next bourbon, and we'll maybe you, you get to open this one. All right. Uh... So this is a so this is a local bourbon. So I went to a craft fair. Mm-hmm. It's called Crafted. If you're from Syracuse, Katie had art showing, and so did her friend. So I went just to support them. Yeah. And I walked around. And there was a lot of like local vendors. You know, people are selling like handcrafted things, mm-hmm. art, all sorts of stuff. So there was actually a distiller there, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And he had uh, vodka and, like, his main thing was vodka. But he had weird ones, like lavender vodka, which is very, kind of weird. Like, he had no, like, straight, plain things. They were all, like, wild. Weird. Look at this. And I think that's yeah. what you do when you're, like, a no-name brand. Yeah. Like, when you're a kind fresh of... distiller to get people to, like, try it, mm-hmm. you got to have something kind of wacky. I mean, if I were a new distiller, I would probably try to do something like that, especially because you probably haven't, like, perfected the distillation process, yeah. you know? So this could be really bad. And the annoying thing is for a year... I've been getting like spam emails from them, basically of like, <laughs> do this, do this, do this. I'm like, ugh. But uh, another reason they it just I mean, says drink it. It's like <laughs> this was uh, kind of expensive for a small of a bottle. So this is a three seventy five milliliter, mm-hmm. very small. But it was like forty two bucks. Which is wow. Another reason why I didn't, <laughs> I haven't like opened it. Yeah. Um, You're like it better be good. But then I was like, Do you think it's going to be underwhelming? I'm like at the craft fair, this is something that I actually would like, and I'm like, I'll support them. You're like, dang it, it. probably costs them a lot of money. You know, it's an expensive thing to start up. All right, so this I'm going to open this. So this is a uh, Cooper's daughter, and this, of course, uh, like I said, like his stuff all had different flavors. This is mm-hmm. black walnut bourbon. Oh, nice. So this will be a little bit different. So these are in walnut barrels. We're assuming this is going to go all over my pants. <laughs> So I don't know how he... Oh, yeah. It's bourbon finished in black walnut syrup barrels. So it first has to be aged. So to be bourbon, it has to age in, oak in new American oak barrels. Oh, okay. Um, and then after that, if they're aging it longer, they can do whatever they want. Are they charred, though, the oak barrels? Why don't we look that up? I just know the, the barrel has to be new. You know, you can't age it in something that already has been... That has held liquid. So... Mm-hmm. You could probably char it, I guess. What the heck is this cork? So this cork is like... Pla- Synthetic. Look. Yeah. yeah. It's like plastic. Rubber. It's rubber. Yeah, I'm going to let this one breathe. This one's not going to be smooth, I don't think. Um, yeah, it's, it's by produced and bottled by Old York Farm in Claverack, New York. Oh, yeah, it is charred. So the in the U.S., by law, by the federal standards of identity for distilled spirits, mm-hmm. the stipulations have to be produced in the United States... Made from 51% corn, aged in new charred oak containers, distilled no more than 160 proof, entered into the container for aging at no more than 125 proof, 
and bottled at 80 proof or more. So that's it. Hmm. So they have to be charred. New nice. charred oak. All right, let's try right. this. I think we've given it a little time to breathe. Yeah. Wow. That's so different than any other bourbon I've ever had. It's it's sweet. It's this very, is very sweet. sweet. Yeah. Um, Usually when something says maple or... And this is black walnut, but black it's walnut finished syrup. in black walnut syrup barrels. Usually that adds like a very subtle sweetness when I've seen it before. But this mm-hmm. is very syrupy. What are your thoughts? It's pretty smooth, actually. It doesn't have too much of an afterbite. I'd agree with that. I do, like it. Do, I, so you are, I mean, you are uh, financially invested in this. Are you taking that into consideration? I, like it. I think it's a little too sweet. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think it is a little too sweet, but. Like right now, I like it. And I think if I pull it out some evening to have like a bourbon, mm-hmm. some nights I'd be like, wow, this is way too sweet. Would you ever have this on an ice? Maybe. You, it kind of tastes a like a there? strong cocktail. Yeah. The, the problem with this is I think it's really good. I think the black walnut syrup has taken over the bourbon flavor. Like I don't taste any of the caramel of the charred oak. Yeah. I mean, this was probably pretty experimental, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like the main taste is the walnut syrup. Which I've never had walnut syrup. Yeah, it's really good. Maybe I should yeah. try some walnut syrup. But yeah, when I think when you're making bourbon, you want your extra flavors to be secondary. Mm-hmm. Like you want hints of black walnut syrup to come up underneath the bourbon. You don't want your whole bourbon flavor to be hidden in your black walnut syrup. Yeah, so maybe he hasn't bad. perfected his bourbon recipe, so he's hiding it <laughs> under the... In the black walnut yeah. syrup. <laughs> like when it came out when he finished it, he's like, whoa... Let's uh, age this again <laughs> in syrup barrels. Uh, so the rare syrup creates an extremely smooth, slightly sweet, and nutty spirit. It's it very is, sweet. It's one of the few distilleries in America that is that is woman-owned and has a cooperage on site. That's crazy. Is it one so of the, the few that... the must be her father because the distillery is called Cooper's Daughter. <laughs> Sounds like a Damien Rice song, Yeah, honestly. I wonder who the guy I was talking to was. He seemed very flustered. Might have been the, the Cooper's... Son-in-law, maybe, or the Cooper's nephew. That I'm the Cooper's daughter's friend's cousin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the Cooper's daughter's uh, roommate's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah, that's why he was flustered. Yeah, he's like, it's been a while. It's been a while. Cheryl, take me back. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so I would say, as a bourbon, no. As a drink, it's pretty good. <laughs> It tastes like a strong, like if you mix bourbon with some simple syrup and maybe a little bit of walnut syrup, like a very strong. <laughs> you're talking about walnut syrup, walnut syrup like you've had it before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like, you're taking a sip of a kitchen standard walnut syrup. Uh, you're... <laughs> you're over-the-counter walnut syrup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing special. Just any walnut syrup will do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it is good. I just, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count it. I wouldn't put it on the bourbon shelf. You know what I mean? It's sweet and it is it is nutty. Now, you know that kind of slightly bitter, nutty flavor at the end of like eating walnuts? Mm-hmm. Do you taste that right now in your mouth? No. I kind of taste it a little <laughs> bit. I wonder if the syrup, walnut syrup was their first venture that didn't go well. They're like, no one's eating the black walnut syrup. Yeah. And so then they went into like distilling and they're, they're like, like... It's extremely rare. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, hey, we got a bunch of those old syrup barrels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's age it in that. Your mom's got a ton of lavender left over. <laughs> yeah. Make some vodka. Uh, all right. Go well, get the liquor license. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm excited for the next two. Yeah. So the next one, let's just go with this one. Might as well. Mm-hmm. This is one of my new favorites. This is called Woodenville. This is a straight bourbon whiskey. Now, if you are like a big Kentucky 
bourbon fanatic, mm-hmm. you might like roll your eyes at this because this is made in Washington State. Oh, okay. So it's not like in the heart of bourbon country. It's not on the bourbon trail. Yeah. <laughs> So, and this is pretty new, and it was sold to me by the lady at the liquor store. She's like, you got to try this. My son's big into bourbon, and he loved it. And so I'm hmm. like, oh, I guess I will. Woodenville. Yeah. So this is Woodenville bourbon whiskey, pot distilled. It's stamped 2010, bigger dreams, smaller batches. Wow. <laughs> it's stamped uh, like that? It, well, it's got like this little like stamp. Uh, like yeah. it's like. Okay. This is a nice bottle. Yeah. It looks like an old apothecary bottle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This has like a fresher wood smell. Okay, so to me, it has like a caramel flavor, mm-hmm. a very light caramel flavor. It has a fresh wood smell, if that makes sense. Like relative, like, you know, you're in a wood shop, they're cutting wood, and then it also smells like mineral spirits are kind of like in the air. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I'm pretty sure we've been told to keep away from mineral spirits. <laughs> But it, it kind of has like a little bit of that. It's so weird because it's almost like industrial. So I, I, I drink this at night. It tastes so different now after having those two. Yeah. Like this tastes like a completely different bourbon than the one that I'm used to drinking, hmm. which is kind of interesting. So it has tasting notes in the back. It says it has aromas of creme brulee and spice cabinet. Spice cabinet? Yeah. What the hell's that? <laughs> I don't know. Are they making, are they building the spice cabinet? Because I get Maybe that. That's the mineral smells you're <laughs> spelling. Yeah. And it says it has notes of rich caramel, dark chocolate, and vanilla bean. The sweet lingering finish. So, do you taste any chocolate or vanilla bean? Dark chocolate, maybe. Vanilla bean, no. So, when I tasted this, it tastes so different now. It's weird. I like this because it has a very, maybe it's because of the vanilla. It reminded me of a scotch hmm. a little bit. Uh, what do you think it tastes like? I mean, you, you, you've read the cheat sheet before, you know, so. I could taste the caramel and chocolate for sure. So, how are you tasting this? Because I feel like we, it's been a while since we've refreshed, right? I kind of like. Swish it around on top of my tongue and swallow it. And then you kind of like breathe out and in. I think I taste the vanilla a little bit. And I think I can taste the vanilla more when it's on its own instead of after we've tried these two. Yeah. Especially after that syrupy thing. Yeah. We probably should have tried that one last. We didn't really. This cleansed the palate for the next one. Mm-hmm. But I know when I usually drink it, it tastes similar. tastes more to me like a scotch than a bourbon. Or had scotch notes, which I think is that vanilla bean. Yeah. Because I'm, a, I'm very much a scotch guy and I'm very... I'm trying to find a bourbon that I like, and bourbons often come off to me as very sweet. You know, really? very strong in that caramel. Yeah, and I would rather like a smoky vanilla than like a sweet caramel. And this does have more more vanilla flavors. But when I'm tasting it now, it tastes very sweet. I did get sweetness, but it wasn't like a syrupy sweetness. Mm-hmm. It was like a a thinner sweetness, especially after old walnut syrup. <laughs> yeah, old walnut. <laughs> uh, but it it's good though, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So they are mashed, distilled, and barreled in the Woodenville Distillery, and then it's trucked back over the Cascade Mountains to our private barrel house, where Central Washington's extreme temperature cycles promote the extraction of natural flavors from the oak. So that's another thing when you're aging whiskey. The climate changes the flavor. You want it to experience the seasons? Yeah, so you want it exposed and you want it to experience the seasons, and based on Mm -hmm. what happens while it's aging, the Mm -hmm. way the, I don't know if that's the wood expanding and all that stuff. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that Scotland has, is the Scottish weather affects the scotch in a unique way, Hmm. I guess. And so that's another way they they uniquely have a way of creating a flavor is just because of their climate. Weird. Um, I'm excited for the last one, because when you talk about how different things are around the world so out of the out of these three oh yeah okay, okay. which one did you like the best so far i would say woodenville 
Um, I think you would have liked it better if it didn't come right after the syrup. Yeah. Bourbon, you know what I mean? Probably, yeah. Because yeah. I've had, I actually did, now that I'm thinking of it, I did have Four Roses in that. Because I bought them around the similar time. I think I bought them within a week of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I really liked it. And I tried both of them and I really liked it. But but in this setting, I think because the syrupy weirdness kind of set a weird yeah, thing on our palates. Keep, keep I did cleansing. like the Four Roses. But I think I think Woodenville had more flavors than the Four yeah, Roses. Yeah, it, it sure. did. It did. Okay. Like we were having a hard time with the Four Roses of picking out flavors. It's just it, it is also very tough because I know to like think like okay, well we're putting these all side by side and, and kind of going through, but we're still kind of going through the pacing of a tasting, and mm-hmm. that's it. Kind of messes you up a little bit. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it's intense. It's just it's just part of the tasting. Like yeah. And that's, it's just weird to think about. So say you go to a tasting for anything, beer, wine, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Each one that you get to is influenced by the one prior. Yeah. So what if you get to one and you're like, oh, it's great. And then you bring it home and then later you're like, what the I, hell? I, I, I yeah. remember liking this one. So you're, like, all... I think, you're like, I think in order to like it again, I need to have the first three as well. And then <laughs> yeah. I'll like that one. It's just so interesting. All right. So this last one is uh, the st- distillery is pretty popular. It's mm-hmm. Jefferson's. This is from Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, so this is a uh, strange bottle. This is a, it's ocean aged at sea. So what they do is they make their bourbon and then they load it up in barrels and send it to sea. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes all around the world. It enters like 30 ports. And their thought behind it is basically as you're out at sea and the bar- bottles are getting like jostled around. Uh, more, <laughs> Agitated, if you will. <laughs> yeah, more of it is having contact with the sides of the barrel. Yeah. And you'll get more of the taste of the cask. And so that's interesting. And then, and then depending on what happens during the voyage, say there were like tons of storms or whatever, it's a thing we were just talking about with climate. Yeah. So when you're going all around the world, the weather at sea is going to have an impact on the flavor of the bourbon. I think that's a bunch of horseshit. <laughs> I mean, we know the climate things is, is real. Yeah. You know, when you're reading yeah, about yeah, bourbon and climate yeah. and the cask and all that stuff, it does have an effect, so... It, it's an artist's paintbrush too mm-hmm. you know like th- there's there's a lot of uh creative influences involved yeah. to to think that your bourbon has kind of been around the world is pretty cool yeah do you think the bourbon uh actually like dove into the country's culture or did the did the bourbon just kind of order a pizza it would be cool if at every port <laughs> they like lower them and they put them like in the water it's uh-huh. so, like while they're at port they're just like floating under the water uh-huh. they're kind of cool or just like even just sitting on the land there mm-hmm. right but they didn't did they or have like a little scrapbook with yeah. like your bourbon barrel, right? Yeah. And like if they had like a like kind of like ears and like a nose, mm, they'll put and a like, little hat and like put a, a hat? shirt on yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Or like uh, like a high zinc uh, like sunscreen. And they uh, take like pictures the of it doing like goofy things. Yeah, like the bourbon like with a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yeah, all the bourbon barrels on the deck of the ship playing shuffleboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So each of these it tells you what voyage it was on. Yeah. So this was on voyage seventeen, and then it comes with like a little thing of the ship's log that kind of tells you what happened on the journey that it was on. And it was pretty uneventful, this one. But what's interesting is, which I liked, I think there was only like, there was rough water during a three-day passage from Melbourne to Fremantle. That was about like the only thing of note. Um, It says a bunch of stuff. But anyways, so there's a book called Moby Duck. Are you familiar with this? Probably not. We, you and I talked about it when we were hiking. Yeah, so I told Andy about this while we were hiking. So Moby Duck is about, there was a big container ship of rubber ducks that crashed or spilled Uh and these ducks basically like floated all around the world because there was just thousands and thousands of them and there's this book moby duck is a guy that basically set out around the world to find where these ducks went and like interview people and so basically follow the pattern of these ducks 
Do you think the duck book was a flap? It's <laughs> a good one. He should have called it Duck Hunt. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I don't know what the yeah. sound <laughs> is. <laughs> um, anyways, this, this boat came across a large patch of those ducks floating at sea. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting because I, I have a connection to like knowing what that is. Huh. So this, this batch is pretty old, actually, because this happened years ago, the duck container. So it says several months prior to the Ocean 17 voyage, a container ship bound from Singapore to San Francisco was caught in an extratropical cyclone north of Japan and lost a cargo of rubber ducks overboard. The container broke open and tens of thousands of little squeak toys have been tossed around in traveling ocean currents ever since. Yeah, so they've gone all over the world. As we sailed from Tacoma to Long Beach, we saw a great flock surfing the waves, bringing all hands out on deck to see the spectacle and have a good laugh. The smooth journey resulted in an exceptionally smooth bourbon, so get yourself a little rubber duck, a leaded rock glass, an ice cube or two, and enjoy an ocean voyage. An ice cube or two, eh? (laughs) Do we have to? Should we? All right, so let's pour this. I kind of want to. Can I? You can do it. I'm not going to. No, no. I'm not going to do that to your bourbon. I'm not going to do that to your bourbon. Yeah. So this is the most expensive bourbon okay, on, so, the, on the <laughs> And here I am also. going, I think you're going to throw some ice in there. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to you. So this is a, like a $75 bottle. Yikes. Bourbon, if you're interested in knowing. I'm interested in drinking. But this one, I, from my memory, was more bitey. And I wonder if that's because of the... The ducks. <laughs> the ducks. No, the extra content with the casks that you think is phony. I'm not saying it's phony, but um, well, I think there's probably... a you know it's 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 the story right like it's what's the level of phony under phony sub phony yeah yeah it's sub phony well, let's try this or semi phony this is peppery do you think that's for making more contact with the charred barrel oh my gosh <laughs> this is very dry in my opinion mm-hmm. would you agree mm-hmm. it's definitely the spiciest so yeah so this is in my opinion this is very spicy not very oaky not very caramelly mm mm do you like it? I do. It does. It's weird because usually when you have a bourbon, it's sweetness with a spicy aftertaste kind of. Mm-hmm. I think this is a switch. It's it's on your tongue. It's very spicy. And after you swallow, I think you get the sweetness. I mean, the sweetness is very muted. Here are my thoughts. You paid for a bottle of whiskey to go on vacation. <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you didn't even go. <laughs> And besides the scribblings on a very small business card <laughs> stating where it went and what happened, <laughs> your whiskey's not telling you anything else that happened. Yeah. There could have been ragers, man. <laughs> it's good, though. It's it's not... <laughs> it's good. Almost like It's a, not what I was expecting for that price. Almost a cinnamon? You getting a little cinnamon there? Yeah. It's yeah. peppery and cinnamon. Like, all the spice flavors, your cinnamons, your peppers, those are all on the forefront. Yeah. And the corn caramel... Regular bourbon flavor is the more muted part. So I will say one one aspect of this tasting is I feel like I settle into a bourbon or a drink, you know, well beyond kind of what we poured. Mm. So, you know, we're having, we had a half an ounce and that's kind of enough like for your initial flavors, you know? So it just, for me, it just takes a while. It takes a while to like yeah. really just kind of coat it and kind of have certain mm-hmm. flavors within the bourbon that you're trying just kind of fall to the wayside or... Or just become, I don't know, just yeah. kind of tuning out flavors, right, mm-hmm. as you're experiencing yeah. them. And and so we really didn't allow ourselves to do yeah. that this entire time. <laughs> and also, when you're tasting whiskey, mm-hmm. kind of like a, like red wine, you want it to breathe a little bit. And so us pouring it and drinking an ounce right away, 
isn't doing it the best justice. And I think usually all of our last sips are probably a better judge than the first sips. Right. I agree. So I, I think, you know, between between the two splits, between the two national tastings, right? Yeah. I, I have to admit, and I'm sorry to our Canadian brothers and sisters, I didn't do it justice. I'm sorry. If, uh, if there was any opportunity for me to make that up, I would love to. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I didn't hate the Clamando. It's just, I think it has to be a specific setting for me to like it. Maybe like paired with a food. All right. Just picture this. Close your eyes. You're in this lake in the Land of Lakes region in Ontario. And... Uh, you know, it's a beautiful sunny day in the summertime, a little bit of a chill in the afternoon air. Uh, if you're in the direct sun, it's definitely, it's definitely hitting you, right? It's, it's kind of warming up nice. So you can kind of pick your temp. It smells absolutely fresh. It smells like the Adirondacks because it's a, it's a really fresh, um, mix of birch and pine and maple. And you're around great friends with weird accents and good food. You just probably had lunch. You probably had some Hoffman hot dogs. And maybe some Grandma Brown's baked beans. And uh, and one of your buddies offers you... You're making a yucky fist on the baked beans? Did I ruin it for you with the baked beans? <laughs> no, I'm just... We're, okay. we're in this great setting with all my friends laughing and we're eating baked beans. No, no, this is post... It's, your, your stomach is full of baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> like, up to that point, I was like sold. I just, I'm I just, hold, just hold on, go back to sleep. Let me close your <laughs> So you're basically... You're basically hanging out. Your stomach's full, right, with a nice, like, protein-heavy filling feeling. And uh, you probably had a light beer. You probably had a Molson Canadian or, so, or something like that. You're thinking about jumping in, thinking about jumping in to go swimming in a pretty cold in a cold lake. And uh, one, of your, one of your friends, one of your people with a funny accent, Canadian, they offer you a Caesar. That's the context of which you should drink that. I still wouldn't, though. Not in this hot apartment. I would have <laughs> eaten it with the food. Nah, okay. Yeah, okay. That's fine. You know what I mean? I someone's would've... someone's handing you a pepperette. <laughs> pepperette. It's a pepperette. Uh, it's basically just kind of like a a thinner, uh, like a smoked sausage. Yes. Yeah. See, I think something like that, something salty, yeah. smoked, would go well with the clamato. I think that's a good context for that. So when I said before, yeah, I like Caesars. Yeah, I've had a Caesar before. It's with that context. Okay. Okay. But yeah. So then we go to bourbons. <laughs> Out of these bourbons, I would say the Four Roses is the bourboniest bourbon. It had the most bourbon flavor to me with the, like, caramel. The, the classic. Yeah, just like a classic bourbon. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, so out of these, how would you rate them? So worst, just because of it's a, it's a miscategorization, would be yeah. Cooper's Daughter. 30s would be... Jefferson's? Yeah, ocean Jefferson, aged? Jefferson's Ocean Aged. Yeah. The Vacation Bourbon? The Vacation. You paid, you paid for... <laughs> Your bratty bourbon to go on vacation. Second place, I would say Woodenville. And first place, I would say Four Roses. Four Roses, yeah. yeah. Four Roses is a popular brand. Yeah. And, uh, Don't, you know. For good, <laughs> no, for good reason. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> bottle of whiskey. You're like, yeah, you're like, yeah, people love Budweiser. <laughs> Just kidding. So I would put Cooper's Daughter last. And then I think I would put Four Roses third. And then the Jeffersons. And then the Woodenville. I definitely want to go home and have, like, some cheese and crackers, and then just kind of sip on a, a light beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So Andy's like, we got to bring some snacks. We brought the crab trips. He also brought a bunch of other stuff that's in the kitchen. And I was like, what are we doing this? What is this stuff for? I'm like, oh, I was just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Ola, uh, uh Maskless was just kind of coughing on stuff. And I just figured it was a good time to for a... Death stole... breather? Is that what you called yeah. her? I don't know. Death breath. Wegman's stories. Or what, what was it? Uh, stories from... Uh, I don't know. Welcome, Welcome to, to Wegman's, Wegman's Stories. Anyway, cool. <laughs> yeah. So this was awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, I hope everyone has a just safe and relaxed Fourth of July. I don't think I could ask you to have an exciting Fourth of July. I think a lot of Fourth of July fireworks might be shut down, you know, depending on where you live. But hop over the PA line and yeah, buy some yourself. Raise a little hail. Actually, I think you can sell fireworks <laughs> in New York now. They did last no, year. No, they do crappy stuff. Yeah, they do like those little coily snakes. Yeah, that the come snakes out of the ground, Who, and, then, and, and like, the fountains, the things that don't move, and those poppers that you throw at people's feet. I want some. I want some daggone Roman candles. Yeah, okay? I love Roman candles. Yeah. Do you ever hold them and yeah. shoot them up? That's and, the only way I ever do it. I don't know if this is probably bad for the environment, but I definitely skip them on the water. Oh yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> almost burned someone's boat down that way. Oh. It ricocheted <laughs> off a tree and landed on their like boat cover. Oh <laughs> yeah, I love being like I'm Harry Potter, and then just kind of <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Have you ever lit a like bonfire X-Men? that way? Uh, with like gasoline. Yeah, you like have it all ready it. to go. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done that once. I think I I didn't I don't think I used gasoline. I used um diesel. So it wasn't like explosive, but mm-hmm. it did burn super hot. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I mean really though, enjoy enjoy your time with the people that you've deemed safe to be around. And yeah, just kind of just chill out. All right, guys? Like I think we all just need to freaking chill out. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, have fun. But yeah, be safe with your fireworks. If you're in Canada, we salute you and drink a clamato or is it a clamata? Uh it's a Caesar. Oh, a Caesar. I've been saying Clamato or Clamato this entire time. Uh, so it's Clamato juice, so yeah. Hmm. So that's fine. Well, thanks for listening this week. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. And Scott, who is uh, Canadian, so happy Canadian Day to you, Scott. That's not Canada Day. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's just not. It's, it's not a, celebrating the residents? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's like the history. It's a history thing. Okay. <laughs> happy Canada Day to you, Scott. Uh, thanks for coming down and eating pizza with us in an old episode. Yeah. But Scott has, was camping the same time I was, and he wanted to shout out a raccoon friend of his named Trevor. I think he named it Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, maybe the raccoon was like, Trevor. Yeah. At the tre- Trevor like gave it, yeah. uh, gave Scott his business card. Yeah. He said, I can't really speak just because of the way my brain was formed yeah. and uh, my vocal cords. It makes it tough. It says it right on the business card. Mm-hmm. But he goes, but my name's Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> And then he stole a Ziploc bag and ran away. <laughs> yeah. Ziploc bag. Zip. Oh, my gosh. Ziploc bag. Zip. I don't usually get tongue-tied like this. Ziploc bag didn't even have food in it. Yeah. You try that. Say maybe that. he was uh, going to do something with it. Like, he had he had leftovers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he maybe had, he had leftovers that he, he was like. He had food storage needs. Yeah. Like, we ran out of Ziplocs. <laughs> well, there's someone camping. And Trevor's girlfriend at the time was like, hey. You gotta get something. You I mean, never get Ziplocs. I'm out the door if you don't go get a Ziploc. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, she's like, Trevor, it was on the grocery list last time, <laughs> like highlighted. Yeah. First thing on the list. What the heck? There were only two things on the list, and the other one was trashy trash can food or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Garbage plates. Garbage plates. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, special shout out, obviously, to his raccoon. And shout out to everyone on this on the on the snack pack or in the snack pack. We obviously love you listening and thanks for listening to us every week. Yeah. We're getting closer on the Patreon to Pi Day. Pi Day with Andy. So if you want to see that happen, you can join us for a dollar or two and and, uh, and, and then you can you can just kinda wait for the build up, wait to get twenty we're doing twenty or twenty Twenty listeners. Twenty twenty Patreon subscribers. We're halfway there nearly. And uh, once we get there, you can you can just drop it. That's fine. Or stay and on. And we've talked about extra content in the future. 
It's still in the works, so... I'm excited for the extra content, though. Yeah, there's going to be some fun stuff for the extra content. It's going to get weird. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to go a little bit more free in the extra content. Yeah, it'll be be non-canon, so... (laughs) (laughs) So, um, please be prepared. There's some freedom in knowing only a small group of people will listen to it instead of a large group, so... Yeah, yeah. You're not shooting it off into the internet ether world. You're, uh... (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're not you're just sending it into people's <laughs> private mailboxes and that's that's comforting <laughs> yeah it's it's sort of a pay-to-play thing it's not sending out to out to the whole internet to be unemployable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all yeah, right so that, that will that'll come eventually yeah so but until then yeah take care of yourselves and each other and each other yeah thanks for listening today follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and you can find this episode and others like it on itunes spotify apple podcasts youtube and a bunch of other places and you can go to our website at www.snackdownpod.com. You can support us on patreon.com slash snackdown. And you can call us at 315-313-5456. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And we appreciate all the support. Uh, if you're just listening or telling your friends or whatever you do, that's awesome. And send us suggestions or snacks. And go drink some bourbon and shoot some fireworks. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... Sounds pretty darn American, too. Yeah. So, thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye. You're like, see, this one has... You squint. You're like, carrot. Pectin. (laughs) The the villain is back again. Yeah. (laughs)